0: Let's start off with a fun question tonight, shall we? <clears throat> how are you feeling about people right now? <laughs> Man, I wish I could see your faces for this. <laughs> how are you how are you feeling about people right now? No, I definitely don't want anybody to answer on this one, alright? <laughs> Maybe you're feeling a little frustrated? Maybe you're feeling a little irritated. Maybe you're feeling a little captivated. Like, you got to be kidding me. Wow. All right? Maybe you actually are not like that, and maybe you feel encouraged by people. I don't know. Maybe you're a little odder than I am, but uh, I, I can often get frustrated by people, irritated by people. Maybe I'm in the wrong business for this, but uh, I, I, all of those things happen, right? We all get frustrated, We all get irritated uh, and often captivated by, wow, never even thought that was even a possibility. But apparently it is. People have a way of making us feel happy. People have a way of making us feel excited or motivated or encouraged. They also have a way of making us feel frustrated, irritated, angry, and even heartbroken, to be honest. The funny thing about people is people are everywhere, aren't they? (laughs) Everywhere you go, there are people. People are pretty much unavoidable. Even if you try to avoid them, somehow they find you. You could go off the grid you could get completely gone everywhere, nobody around you, and somehow, some way, they would find you. Paul takes some time here in our passage today to point out a few key people in his life and in the ministry, but as well use these people to instruct the church at Corinth toward these people. So let's take some time and look at it. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 10. Last week we looked at verse 9, just to recap. For a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. Every time there's a great opportunity, there will always be adversaries. We talked a little bit about that. Verse 10, now if Timotheus come, see that he may be with you without fear. For he worketh the work of the Lord, as I also. Let Let no man therefore despise him, but conduct him forth in peace, that he may come unto me, for I look for him with the brethren. Now, Timotheus is Paul's son in the faith. In fact, Paul wrote two books to Timothy, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, if you can believe it. Um, He wrote these two books to Timothy, his son in the faith. And here, Paul is pointing out that, listen, Timothy is probably going to come. Okay, notice again, um, in verse, now now I've missed it, in verse 18, in the wrong spot. Verse 10, excuse me. Now, if Timotheus come. Okay? If Timotheus come. So Timotheus is probably going to come. And if he does, this is what I want you to do. I want you to make sure that he is with you without fear. Okay? Make him feel welcome. Okay, these are good things for our church to maybe understand. Somebody comes, they should be able to come without fear. Make them feel welcome. He might be a little bit nervous. People coming to church for the first time might be a little bit nervous. Make him feel welcome. But this is important. Watch, for he worketh the work of the Lord as I also do. Timothy is coming and he's going to do the work that I would do. He's working. He's doing the same thing I am doing. We're working together in the Lord. In fact, many times uh, Paul calls him a fellow laborer. He's my son in the faith. I mean, Paul and Timothy were very, very close and very, very of much the same mind. So he is teaching people Jesus Christ. He is going out and spreading the gospel. This is what Timothy was doing. This is how he was going to accomplish the goal of what Paul had called him to do. He was going to be like Paul. He was going to walk in Paul's footsteps. So Paul is very simply saying, hey, if Timothy comes, I want you to welcome him. I want you to make him feel welcome. I don't want him to be fearful. He's doing the exact same work that I am. But I find the next phrase extremely interesting. Watch this in verse 11. Let no man therefore despise him. Let no man therefore despise him. Despise. What does despise mean? It means to think utterly nothing of. To think nothing of. Like like trash. Like you are nothing to me. To treat him like he is contemptible to completely disregard as being valid. You're you're not even a valid person. You're not even a valid thing. Listen, Paul is saying to the Corinthian church, don't you despise Timothy. Don't despise, let no man therefore despise him. Now why in the world would Paul ever say this? Why in the world would Paul ever give this instruction? Because Obviously, Paul would know Christians, right? Paul would know that Christians don't despise other Christians. Okay, that's ironic, isn't it? Okay, the reality is it happens all the time. So you wonder, why would Paul say such a thing? Because he knows. He knows that Christians are regular people and that they despise So what was it about Timothy that someone might despise? The fact that he was fearful? Okay, he's coming in, he might be a little bit hesitant. We've had people come to this pulpit before and a little bit hesitant, right? A little bit fearful, a little bit scared about public speaking. Was that why? I I don't know. Was Was it because he was not Paul? He was not as good as Paul? He was just Paul's protege. He wasn't, he wasn't on the same level as Paul, and so we, don't, we despise him. He's, he's not as good. In fact, we know this about the church at Corinth. They played favorites quite a bit. Well, I'm baptized of Paul, and I have Apollos, and I have Cephas, and I have Christ, and blah, 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 and nobody cares. So the church at Corinth played favorites, so maybe they were playing favorites and saying, Listen, this Timothy is not as good as you, Paul. We don't want second best. We want the best. Maybe it was just because he was a young man, his youth. First Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12, Paul saying to Timothy, he says, Let no man despise thy youth. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word. In conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. We could spend a great deal of time. Listen, it doesn't matter how old. It doesn't matter how young. It doesn't matter the background. It doesn't matter how wonderful of a speaker they are. Don't let anyone, let no man despise Timothy. Let no man despise Timothy. In fact, Timothy was an example of the believer. Timothy was somebody who Paul instructed to study the Word of God, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. Listen, Timothy was a good man, an extremely good man. He was a wonderful student of Paul's. Let's kind of bring this to a little bit of application already. You see, there are so many of us that have biases, don't we? So many of us have biases. All right, maybe I should say all of us have biases. We have political biases. We have cultural biases. We have relational biases. But please hear me. When we despise someone who is doing the work of God... We not only show our maturity level, but what happens is we often hurt the person who has already given their life to Christ. We we do this, okay? We absolutely 100% do this. We despise, and again, you might not use the word despise, but that's what it is. We don't like him as much as we like the other person. We we don't think that they should be doing that. And we've got all of these preconceived notions and ideas and biases that we think, man, that can't happen. But the reality is if this person is trying to do something for God, we need not despise. In fact, Paul has some interesting things to say on this subject in 2 Timothy chapter 3. So turn over there with me. 2 Timothy chapter 3 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 3 Okay, let's just take a peek at verse 1. This all know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Okay, there's going to be perilous times verse 2 for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Watch Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Watch verse 3. Without natural affection. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent. Watch, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Despisers of those that are good. Traitors, heady high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. I I don't have time for that. I I can't spend my time with that. Look at verse 7. Or excuse me, verse 6. For of this sort are they, watch this, which creep into houses. And lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning. Oh, I am so smart. I know everything. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. In verse 8, now Janice and Jambres withstood Moses. He gives an example. And you can continue on and read through all of that. But here's the reality, in the last days, perilous times shall come, there's going to be people that are proud boasters, They, they, they worship themselves, they don't care about God, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of thereof. And right in the middle of that all is despisers of those who do good. Listen to me. Why is it that we despise those who do good? Why is it that we despise those who are trying to do something for God? Why is it that we despise those people who are working hard for the cause of Christ? We get a little bit jealous. Because if I can't do good, then nobody should be able to do good. Man, if I can't be nice to somebody, then nobody should be able to be nice to somebody. Man, I'm struggling with some things. Everybody ought to be struggling with some things. I'm not happy, so nobody gets to be happy. Right? That's why I have a problem with if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. Selfish. My wife's not here, so I can say that. Listen, here's the reality of the situation. When we despise someone who is doing good for the cause of Christ, who may be a little bit timid, who may be a little shy, who may not be exactly like we want them to be just yet. Listen, here's what we're doing. We are being jealously proud. It's pride. Well, he's not good enough for me. That Timothy, he's, he's not good enough. I deserve the best. I deserve Paul. I deserve Apollos. And we'll see here in the next verse. Listen, these are the this is the problem. This is a major problem in our society, in our churches, in our even church culture. I want you to notice that in verse, in 2 Timothy chapter 3. These creep into houses. This creeps in. This is not just all of a sudden, boom, one day, one big massive thing like, oh yeah, I hate all people just waking up one morning. It's not the way it happens. It creeps in slowly, it creeps in slowly and over and over. It slowly erodes until all we can do is despise anyone who is doing good. It starts with one person. starts with one person. So let me ask you, who do you despise? Who do you despise? Okay, let's be honest. Not every person we have to be best friends with. Okay, let's just be honest. Who do you despise? The reality is is that there are a lot of people that are trying to do right and a lot of people trying to do good. And that they are doing something for God. And we despise them. Now there's, there's blatant warnings. Listen to me. I'm not trying to say that we shouldn't beware of certain people. Of men that preach false doctrine. Okay? But listen, this is Timothy. This is petty This is tiny, and Paul is saying, listen, let no man therefore despise him, but conduct him forth in peace. Listen, just let him go in peace. Let him come, let him go. Don't get all over him. He's learning. He's trying to grow. So who do you despise? Because if you despise one person right now, guess what? Tomorrow it's going to be two. The next day it's going to be three. The next day it's going to be four. The next day it's going to be five. The next day it's going to be six. And so on and so forth. Until you can't find any good in anyone. You'll despise. And despise. And despise this ungodliness. Listen to me. That's what it is. It is ungodliness. Creeps in. And I have no doubt This is why Paul points out to us in verse 13 that we need to watch and stand fast in the faith. Look at verse 13 with me. He says, watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. We use this verse, and I'm not against using this verse for rah rah ri Right? Wa- watchy. I want everybody to watch, stand fast in the faith. Don't let anything dissuade you. And listen, I understand that. But listen, the context of this is around people. And what happens is this des- despising creeps in. And if we aren't watching, if we aren't standing fast in the faith, then what happens? Very, very quickly, we become weak. Listen to me, we become weak. How can we stand fast in the faith when we're despising the person next to us? Have you ever thought about that? How can we walk with Jesus when we despise the person next to us? When we're angry and upset at their good fortune, angry and upset that they're trying to do something right for God, angry and upset that they're actually following the call for God in their lives? When we missed out so many years ago, we're bitter and angry about it. How? We live in this day in an incredibly divisive day. I have never in my entire life, all 33 years of it, I have never seen anything as divisive as this. It's where we're living today. Listen, everybody has different views on everything. And if we're not careful, what happens is we allow criticism to creep in. And what does it do? It disrupts our faith. It disrupts our faith. We will not be strong in the faith. What happens is we will go down a long and dreary road of despising everyone and everything. If you can't see that, then come talk to me and we'll spend a great deal of time on this. But I'm serious. I see it. I'm watching it happen before my very eyes. People are going down a long, dreary road and everybody is becoming despised. I I hate that person. I hate that group of people. Well, I would never discriminate against them, but I hate them. Man, I hate that group of people because of the choice that they decided to make. I despise them for it. Listen, it's going to happen time and time and time and time again. We have to hold up, take a step back and say, hang on, who am I despising? Don't let it happen to you. Listen, don't let it happen to you. It will crush your spirit. It will destroy your faith. The root of bitterness will come in and it will spring up. Don't let it happen to you. So the question is this, well then how am I going to keep it out? How am I going to keep it out? Look with me in verse 14. I love the Bible. It gives us answers. Let all your things be done with charity. Ha! Okay. So literally, let all of our things, if I'm going to do anything, is to be done in charity. Let's have a little review course, shall we? Let's go back to chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. Let's just take a look at what charity does. And let's apply it to Christianity in 2021. Especially in regards to the church and people. Oh boy. Verse 4. Of First Corinthians chapter 13. Charity suffereth long. Doesn't stop there and is kind. You seeing that in Christianity today? Are you seeing that anywhere today? Charity suffereth long and is kind. Continue. Charity Envy not, we just talked about that. Charity vaunteth not itself, it is not puffed up. And listen, we got a bunch of people walk, a bunch of Christians walking around saying, I'm better than you for this, that, or the other thing. Listen, no, you're not, you're just a sinner saved by grace. Nothing changes that. Nothing. Verse 5 Doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own. We got again a bunch of people walking around saying, I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. No, you don't. Seeketh not her own is not easily provoked. Oh my goodness. Thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity. Someday I'm going to spend a lot of time on that. I mean a lot of time. But rejoiceth in the truth. Watch, verse 7. Beareth all things. Believeth all Things, hopeth all things. One of my favorites, endureth all things. Verse 8: Charity never faileth. Listen to me. Let all of your things be done with charity. Listen. Let's just get really honest. We got an election coming up. I have no idea how you're going to vote. I don't want to know. But can I encourage you? Let all things be done with charity. We got a vaccine passport coming out pretty soon. Can I encourage you? I don't care where you stand on that. Can I encourage you? Let all things be done with charity. Let no man despise. Listen, people are going to fall on either side of the fence on all of these things. Everything. Listen, this 2021 does not matter. It's no different than it was in Paul's time. It's no, there was divisive things in this time. There was meat offered to idols. And somebody offended it, another person that didn't offend it. All of these different things. And Paul is saying, listen, don't despise these people. How about this? How about we be an example? How about we be an example for a change? How about Christians unite together and become an example of the believers? In word and in conversation. Because we've done all things in charity. I said this morning, love is a superpower. And I'm not talking about the hippie love, all right? Love is a superpower. To love somebody that you disagree with, that's a superpower. And it's okay, you, that can be done. we're not careful, we allow criticism to creep in and it disrupts our faith. Love is the only way that we are going to keep ourselves from despising. Love people. Love them. Love them. When you feel like despising them, love them. When you feel like they didn't quite hit the mark, love them. When when you feel like they haven't made it to your standard, love them. When you feel like they've fallen short on everything they've done, love them. When you feel like you can't make it anymore, love them. When you feel like you can't give love anymore, love them through Jesus Christ. Just love them. After all, that's exactly what you want. That's exactly what you want when you fall short. That's exactly what you want when you don't agree with somebody. You want love in return, but so many of us do not give love. Let's continue, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, look at verse 15. I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first, roots, first fruits excuse me, of Achaiae, And that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. I love this. Stephanus. We know very, very little about Stephanus. The only thing that we find mentioned about Stephanus is in the book of 1 Corinthians. In the beginning of the book, it talks about how Paul may have baptized the house of Stephanus. That's it. Then we find him here. In the last chapter. But I want you to understand, he was the first... House church, if you will, in Achaia. And these people in this house, they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. They can't help themselves. That's all they can think about. That's all they can do. They are addicted to the ministry of the saints. All they want to do is help the saints. They've addicted themselves. Pretty amazing. These people trying to do something incredibly, incredible to help other people, to minister to Paul, to minister to his wants and to his needs, and help Timothy and Titus and and Barnabas and Silas and all of these people were trying to help them. I'm sure these people probably would have gave to the church at Jerusalem that we talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 to 4. I'm sure they were just so passionate about helping the saints. Man, amazing. Let's look. Again, in verse 15, notice I want you to see, I beseech you, brethren, notice the parenthetical thought. So he's going to pick up what he's trying to say in verse 16. I beseech you, brethren, verse 16, that ye submit yourselves unto such, who is such. He's referring back to Stephanus, referring back to Timotheus, referring back to Apollos. I'm sorry, I skipped over Apollos in verse 12. Apollos wants to, or doesn't want to come to you right now, but he'll come to you when it's convenient. You submit yourselves unto those people and to everyone that helpeth us with us and laboreth. Let me ask you, why would Paul say that they need to submit? Why, why would Paul say that they need to submit to those people who help and labor with them? Give us some thought. Why why would that happen? Well, let's continue on. Look at verse 17. I am glad of the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Archaicus. Why? For that which was lacking, listen, on your part, they have supplied. Verse 18, for they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore acknowledge ye them that are such. Why would Paul ask the church of Corinth to submit to these people? Submit to them because they pick up where you left off. They pick up where you left off. You couldn't fulfill the need and so they picked up where you left off. Not in a mean way. Paul's not not scolding them as far as you couldn't fulfill the need. They at least tried to fulfill the need. But listen, every person has something to offer. Every person has something to offer in a helpful way. And guess what? Not every person can fulfill the entire need. I hope you're understanding this. Every person has something to offer, which means every person has a stopping point in which they cannot offer anything else. And these men, uh, uh, Stephanus, and Fortunatus, and Archaicus, when the church at Corinth could not fulfill the need, these three men and the house church come in and guess what they do? They fill in the blanks. They pick up where they Left off. What happens a lot of times is this we don't like when we can't completely fulfill the need of someone else. Oh, listen, I'm not trying to scold you for trying. Listen, but oftentimes we can't fulfill that need. And so what happens again, we get jealous of someone who comes in and finishes the job. Let me illustrate personally. I'll be honest. I get jealous of Pastor Holland and Pastor Levi. You might be thinking, why? Well, let me tell you why. Because they have talents and abilities far beyond my own. They have things that they can do that drive me insane. I want to do them so badly. I have to work extremely hard to even get as half Half of what they have drives me nuts. And in my flesh, guess what? It makes me angry. In my flesh, it makes me very insecure. But listen, if I will just submit to that, They can fulfill needs that I could never fulfill. Listen, honestly, what would our church be if it was just me here? (sighs) Honestly, like, I remember somebody coming to me and saying, you guys, you did such a good job on this. I said, I didn't touch that. That was all Pastor Levi and Pastor Holland. I did nothing. Listen, I I could attempt it, absolutely, and I would attempt it, but it would not even come close to the caliber that it is. Listen, part of me is so thankful for that. The other part of me, I'm just being honest, maybe way too honest, drives me insane. Because guess what? I want to do everything. I want to be the star of the show. I want to be what everybody looks at and goes, wow, he's amazing. Listen, that's my flesh talking. But if I will just submit to the fact that, listen, there are other men that can do things far better than I could ever accomplish, and you too, you can fulfill needs that I could never even dream of fulfilling. So submit to that. And, and look, look at what he says in the end of verse, um, in the end of verse 18. Therefore, acknowledge ye them. Acknowledge it. Let it be known that you can't do it all. Let it be known that you, those men are great. They did a wonderful job. Lift them up. Put them on high. Submit. They're better. They're better. That's submission. They're better. Just submit to it. Acknowledge. Romans chapter 12, verses 3 to 5. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. As God has given to you, Just go with it. God has dealt to them something different. God has dealt to you something different. Get in your lane and stay in it, man. Do the best you can. For as we have many members in one body, and all members, hear this, have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ. And everyone members one of another. Listen, if you can't get over the fact that somebody beside you did something special for someone else, and you've got to be involved in every little detail of life, listen, you are not a good body member. Because let me be honest, my finger does not do the same thing that my tongue does. Praise the Lord, because that would be really weird. It doesn't. They're different. And I like them both. For their each individual wonderful parts and roles in the body. Listen, acknowledge that somebody is better, better at something than you. Acknowledge that these people came and filled in the gap. Acknowledge it. Submit to it. Don't despise them for it. Let's continue on. Let's actually finish the chapter. Look at verse 19. The churches of Asia salute you. Aquila and Priscilla salute you much in the Lord with the church that is in their house. And all the brethren greet you. Greet ye one another with a holy kiss. The salutation of me, Paul, is mine own hand. If any man love not the Lord Jesus, let him be anathema maranatha. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. Basically, I look at this as rally time. Hey guys, there's a bunch of churches out there that are doing the exact same thing as you. I mean, they're working hard. Aquila and Priscilla, man, they're there out there. The church is in Asia. They're there to help you. We just want to greet you, salute you. Hey, keep going. You're doing a great job. Rally, rally, rah, rah, re. This is an awesome time. It even says all the brethren greet you. Hey, listen, you guys are not alone in this. Keep moving forward. I love the fact that He says, greet ye one another with a holy kiss. Man, in college and dating, this would have been awesome to be, Wouldn't it? (laughs) I went to a college, they did not believe in this particular point of the Bible. Obviously, I'm joking, but again, I want you to notice, this points to the fact that we just need to love one another. Listen, if there is someone that you cannot walk up and greet, then maybe you despise them. If there's, listen to me, if there's someone that you avoid, maybe you despise them. This just points to the fact that we need to love one another. He continues, the salutation of me, Paul, with mine own hand, Paul, writes the salutation. Verse 22. This is powerful language. If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ. Let him be anathema, maranatha, which means let him be accursed, O Lord. Let me ask you this morning, or excuse my way, or go back to bed. This evening, you will, you will not. Okay, there are two commandments. I'll get to the question in just a second. There are two commandments, the great two commandments. What are they? To love the Lord your God. With all your heart, soul, mind, strength. And what's the second? The second is like unto it that you should love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, let, let me be extremely clear again. If this relationship is not right, this relationship will not be right. Mark it down every time. Do you know why? For God so loved the world. You mean, Pastor Owens, even the ones that put him on the cross? Yep. Even the ones that spit on him? Yep. Even the ones that pierced him with the crown of thorns? Yep. Even the ones that beat him with the cat of nine tails 39 times? Yep. Even the ones that were... Holding on to their Jewish tradition? Yep. Listen, if this relationship is not right, I can guarantee you this relationship's not going to be right. So if any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema maranatha, accursed. You're not going to have good relationships. You're not going to succeed in life. You're not going to succeed with God. In verse 23, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. All of us want grace, don't we? Oh, man, we love grace. Unmerited favor. Man, man. Oh, I, I know I messed up, but I just want you to, just to look over that and give me some grace. Give me some mercy, you know. So often we're like that person who owes a great debt that we, there is no way we could pay and we go to the person who owes us 10 bucks and we throw them in jail and say, you're not allowed to come out until you paid me all. We've been forgiven so much yet we can't forgive others. We want grace but none of us give it. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, again it comes from Jesus Christ and look at verse 24. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Paul, leading by example, saying, listen, I've told you some hard things in the book of 1 Corinthians. (laughs) Corinthian church was a carnal church. They were living life their own way by their own standards. They had allowed the culture of the world to seep into the church But Paul finishes and says, listen, I love you in Jesus Christ. And listen, you may be sitting here tonight thinking, you know what? I need to get back to the word of God and the will of God. I need to change my standards to be what the standards of God's will are. I don't want to become like the world. I don't want to be judgmental. I want to be like Christ. And so if you're struggling with people right now, which by your initial reaction, all of us are, then let's let 1 Corinthians chapter 16 kind of straighten us out. Let's allow the Bible to give us the proper perspective on people. I hope the Bible, you you will let the Bible work in you. It is sharp, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of of soul and spirit, and of the, the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and, and intents of the heart. So you know. Who, do you, who are you despising? Who are you frustrated by that is better than you? Who are you not submitting under and saying, yep, they're better than me at that? Who are you not acknowledging tonight? I hope that we'll be able to work together in unity and continue to move forward in these interesting days. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day, for all that you've done for us. Father, we love you. So thankful for the opportunity. Father, your word never ceases to amaze me. And what seems to be just a salutation you lay so many powerful and incredible lessons for us right when we need it father I needed that this week and I'm thankful for it and I pray that you would continue to convict me father never let me sit still in my Christian life keep me always moving forward. Help us to love you with all our hearts, our soul, and mind. Help us to love others just like you love them. Father, we pray that you would continue to convict us and change us. And Father, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.